From San Jose, California, to the world, you are listening to KCXU, engaging diverse community voices. Welcome to the Disquiet Media Radio Hour, radio and podcast from the left coast, www.disquietmedia.blue. Our shows come to you with the support of KZYX.org, public radio for Mendocino County. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Welcome to Pride Nation 101, queer voices, music, opinions, and lives. From Highway 101 to the world. I'm Roland Corey Medina. And I'm Chad Oliver Swimmer, coming to you from the unceded land, now known as Casper, California. Welcome. Today we are so lucky to have actress, comedian, and playwright Sherry Glazer here talking about the world, the language, goddesses, and her new one-woman show, Introduction to Herstory, Part 1. Today on Pride Nation, we are speaking with Sherry Glazer. Born in New York City in 1960, she has been a Northern California and Mendocino Coast resident for 30 years. Sherry had access to Broadway and was brought up to love the theater. She left New York to attend San Diego State University and at 19 began her career there as an improv actress with the group Hot Flashes. She then began her solo career with her show, Family Secrets, where she portrayed her father, mother, grandmother, herself, reenacting her home birth and her angsty teenage years. This show was produced off-Broadway in 1995 and became the longest-running, award-winning one-woman show in its history. Her other one-woman shows include the revolutionary rebirthing of the universe and Oh My Goddess, a comedy of biblical proportions, for which she won the Best Avant Garde Award at the 2015 United Solo Festival in New York City. She followed that with the adventures of Super Activist Mother, a superhero tale of her radical activism with breast knot bombs, and, later, Taking the High Road, comic confessions from behind the cannabis curtain, which hilariously chronicled her time as the owner of the first medical marijuana dispensary in the village of Mendocino. Her latest work, Intro to Her Story, 101, is her respelling of the English language to include and elevate women into the lexicon and a preview of her latest book, The Pocket Dictionary, Taking the Dick Out of Dictionary, A Bridge to the Feminine Paradigm. Sherry is famous for converting her true life stories into high political theater. Sherry published her memoir, Family Secrets, with Simon Schuster, and has been a featured writer in a number of anthologies. Sherry teaches workshops in emotional alchemy and improv. She is also a dramaturge and helps develop and direct other female solo performance works. Her podcast is The World According to Sherry Glazer on Spotify and other platforms. For more about Sherry, you can go to her website, sherryglazer.net. 
And if you are interested in seeing Introduction to Herstory, you only have a couple chances up here on the Mendocino Coast. Go to mendocinotheater.org. Call them up and make your reservations for this Sunday, February 5th, or Sunday, February 12th. Otherwise, it's going to be happening down in March in the Bay Area. The following interview was recorded on February 2nd, 2023 in Sherry's living room. And if you're wondering what the occasional comfortable snoring noise is, at our feet were two snoozing happy dogs. Sherry Glazer, you are bringing a new performance to us. Oh My Goddess, which you premiered years and years ago, was one of my favorite pieces of social commentary of all time. Thank you. Can you tell us what's in store for us? Well, this is my new work called... Intro to Herstory 101. And I kind of gave birth to this piece right before the pandemic. It was February of 2020. And I was living in Sebastopol and I produced a show called She's Got a Big Mouth. And it was four women doing monologues. Ricky Didola, Kim Tripsmith, and Julie Drucker. And I remember uh, at the time we were hearing about these cruise ships that were, weren't allowed to go to port because of this new, you know, this new virus. And I was, I was concerned, but, you know, it was way far away and it wasn't going to touch us. So we produced the show and it was Super Bowl Sunday, 2-2-20, and I birthed this piece, Intro to Herstory. And what I did was... I found words in the English language that were dominated, penetrated, interfered with, with the masculine. All the words having to do with the feminine, like woman, women, um, she, her, had a he or a man, somewhere inside of the feminine word. And living with Kim Tripsmith at the time, we would stumble across these words and say, hey, there's a man in there, you know, and... (laughs) got to get them out. Hence the title of the book we wrote, Mama's First Pocket Dictionary, Taking the Dick Out of Dictionary, Abridge the Feminine Paradigm. And so it became sort of a, I don't know, a very fun yet very um, frustrating game to discover every single word that has any kind of essential qualities uh, being interrupted by the masculine. Um, or the patriarchy, let's put it that way, because it isn't about men. And I really want to make that clear in my work. It's like, I don't have anything against men. I have something against the patriarchy and the systems that have been created and enforced through that, that, that whole dynasty. And it's been around for 10,000 years, give or take a thousand years. Um, and in the cosmic pool, that's not a long time because the matriarchy has been around for millions of years. So I consider patriarchy a phase (laughs) and it's falling. And so I wanted to seize this time through theater, which is my, my beautiful modality, uh, to sort of write instructions for how to move on. Um, because we talk about shifting the paradigm and, but we don't say to what, there's no plan. It's like, I'm going to shift this paradigm. And I think these are the, the 
this is the template to get to the the new or 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 the original ways um and it's going to take a lot of uh comedy laughter and a resonance it's a feeling and so what i'm trying to do through intro to history 101 is empower the language you cannot have culture you cannot have a communication you cannot have law you cannot have religion you cannot have entertainment without language and at this point through the domination of the alphabet and language the patriarchy has locked up and i'm undressing it i'm redressing it I'm taking its clothes off to show what's inside the language, what comes out of our mouths one zillion times a day. And the power of that affirmation over and over and over every single second of every single day. Oh, boy. Oh, man. How many, how many times do we say that we're affirming that he, the patriarch, is in charge of everything? So... I wrote a comedy. Like Aristophanes. I, <laughs> uh, because that's really where the entertainment part of the patriarchy got its, uh, you know, thrust. Speaking of patriarchy. Uh, yeah, that they enshrined the, the um, hierarchy of the male and the gods, like Zeus and, and then all the kings, and uh, made, it, made it true. Even though it was called myth, it became the 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 truth of the day, mm-hmm. and and still to this day, it's being played over and over. You know, Antigone or the Oedipus complex and all of that, and Lysistrata. Even though that was a comedy, it just became the way uh, the Iliad. Of course, there's that, and there's the story of Pandora and all of that, where. The men are just so innocent. (laughs) And she seduces him. And I think which is their code word for rape. You know, yeah, she took off her shirt. And so she seduced me. And so I had to rape her. And then war breaks out. (laughs) And she's the reason. Like Helen of Troy, who her face launched a thousand ships of war. And so that was the whole, um, the uh, capturing of the entertainment you know, theater, which is deep in our, in our psyches. The law, another place where it's the rule of the patriarchy, it was started in um, Sumeria, Hammurabi's Code. An eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You know, you kill my son, I kill your son. You know, it's all that. And, of course, religion. You know, we got that through the Bible, the Old Testament. Testy, did you hear testy in there? Testament. There it is. Everything that has any kind of force or influence in language has a man in it. Recently, I was working in a middle school and I was talking to a bunch of middle schoolers about Hammurabi's code. And one of the questions that they had to to ponder was, did it seem fair? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You, You know, your chariot ran into somebody's son. Should I kill your son? And it seemed like the majority of the boys thought it was a decent exchange. And the majority of the girls were a little more confused by it. Yeah, that's sort of summing up her history. We're confused because uh, 
the feminine or the right brain, the dominant brain, uh, it didn't have a punishing part to it. It had a listening part to it, a circular spiral part to it, uh, multitasking, big picture, rebirth and death, all circle, you know, and that thinking is very linear, mm-hmm. you know, equal. This then that logic. The feminine is a nurturing, gathering, nourishing, inclusive, sharing, healing kind of philosophy or way of being. And we all have it. Everyone has a right brain. What happens, though, and this happened through evolution, when we were up in the trees and we were hominids, we had more of a, a one brain kind of thing. And in two million years, the brain separated into hemispheres. And the left brain was the place of numbers and abstract and um, letters and hunting and killing and other. And so what happens in the brain, in the right brain, you get a, a picture or a feeling. You know, it's that kind of um, <clears throat> region. And then it's the job of the left brain to... Interpret that into word. And so the masculine became more dominant in the, in the left brain and the feminine in the right. But we all have both hemispheres. Mm-hmm. And so as we affirm constantly left brain, left brain, left brain, all the thinking, the numbers, the counting, the, the justice, so to speak, the law, uh, we just keep on cementing it, you know, making it more permanent. Mm-hmm. Men and hear that? <laughs> Before the law, there were councils. There were grandmothers. They were sitting in a circle. They, they heard about the the crime, so to speak, and then the punishment fit it, you know, or the healing. Like even in some African cultures, there's something called bambemba, and when somebody in the tribe does something against the tribe or a person, they're put into the circle of the village, and they're told how wonderful they are, how important they are, how loved they are. You know, in, in this idea to, what is that when they're supposed to do in prison? They're supposed to... Restore to re- justice? Something like, not that, but rehabilitate. You know, to help them, you know, to to look at why they did that and who the harm it caused to them and the, and the other person and the families and all. That's rehabilitation. Like, if that's what prison was about, it would be a different world. But it's not. It's punish. It's torture, it's barbaric, and it's, it's new. Mm-hmm. And it's based on the elimination of slavery. If you had to eliminate slavery, you've got to have a captive workforce. And- yeah, yeah, all that. Slaves, you know, and, and women, you know, have been slaves since that, the beginning, since like 5000 BC, yeah. when the Bronze Age you know, they were making little jewels and crowns and it was very nice, but then sword came the sword and that was that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I'm just so in love with words, Chad, that like the word sword, S-W-O-R-D, it's word with an S. It's like almost like a snake. You are listening to Pride Nation 101. Queer voices, music, opinions, and lives from Highway 101 to the world. We are speaking with comedian, playwright, performer, and author extraordinaire Sherry Glazer. So 
the word becomes a sword. And even in the tarot, the swords are the words, the ideas, the mind. So these images that are so powerful to the feminine right brain are interpreted by the left. And that's domination. And so my job is to um, respell the language so it, you can feel it, that so you can connect to what you're saying. And when you do that, and you resonate, and that vibration, vibration creates matter. That's how it works. So, and you feel what you're saying. You're part of what you're saying instead of blah, 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 blah. You don't even know what you're saying. Nobody knows what they're talking about. It's just, and it's getting even worse with, you know, LOL and BRB and whatever, you know, digital. We're going digital. And I'm going to preserve the mother tongue. Yes. And I do it in a guise of a professor. You know, I'm the mad professor, which gives me a lot of license out there. You know, when I, at the beginning of the show, the bell rings, everyone sits down, it's time for class. And I uh, introduce my premise and my thesis about the English language and the domination of the patriarchy. And I, I go simply mad. I mean, it's, it's driving me mad. And it's such an easy role. I mean, I've been kind of quiet these last years, you know, with the pandemic and can't go to theater, can't do what I do. And now I'm just, I'm finished being quiet. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> but where and when can people see this? I'm going to be at the Mendocino Theater Company February 5th. Uh, that's Sunday at 5 p.m. And then set up. And then Sunday, February 12th at 5 p.m., two shows. That is this weekend. Uh-huh. That's exciting. Yeah. Is it going to go anywhere else? Are you going to present it in the Bay Area? In yes, Washington? I'm going to be doing a benefit for KPFA. I believe it's on March 6th. Sixth. That's a Tuesday. And that's, you can hopefully go to their website. Maybe they've mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been doing segments on KPFA with Dennis Bernstein on Flashpoints. Nice. On every other week, you know, I'll just kind of blow his mind. I remember he was interviewing someone, I don't know if it was Greg Palast, or, and they were talking about the extreme right, the right wing, and, the, you know, you got to watch out for this right-winged coup, pretty much. And I got on after him, and I said, let's talk about the word right. Every time we say they're the right, we're affirming that they're correct. Yeah. And it, we don't even, it doesn't even matter. We don't think. And we're the left. You know, the connotations of that is like abandoned. Don't need it. It's leftover. Don't. And so we're saying completely without any consciousness, the power is vested in the right. And He's like, you really believe that? I said, I sure do, buddy. Look at it. Look. No matter what they do wrong, it's still right. We have not had, I mean, how many times has left gone, oh, this is it. We've got him now. Oh, yeah, here comes the impeachment. Here comes the indictments. Here it comes. Here it comes. No. Because we're left, and they're right. And the word right, R-I-G-H-T, what a dumb thing. Who decided to put a G-H in there? Right. They're the Right. What is that? And it's, it's one of those tricks that they have 
that just distracts us. And it comes from right, R-I-T-E, the right, or these nature-given, not God, nature-given rights of funerals, of the, the rights of birth, the rights of, of love and, and, and connection or marriage, the rights of dancing, the rights of singing, the rights of spring, the rights, R-I-T-E-S, which is ceremony. And you can't take those away. These other rights are given by him. You know, you can have this right now. And they don't make a lot of sense, you know, as we've, I mean, you just take the cannabis industry for one example of how destructive those laws are still for this mother plant, you know, the feminine. Again, can't do that. So now when I write, write, no matter what write I'm writing, I write R-I-T-E. If I'm writing, I'm R-I-T-E-I-N-G, which makes my my action with pen and paper ceremony and sacred. Oh, very mm-hmm. Or I turn nice. right. Or, um, yeah. And why is there a W in front of right, W-R-I-T-E? What is that W doing there? Right. Right. <laughs> I'm going to write a letter. What is it? It's because they want, it, it's like the language is in a burqa. <laughs> and the feminine is completely covered and invisible to this day. That W is there to confuse kids and, and second language speakers. How would you, how, right? Right. What? And when I say right, I'm saying R-I-D-E. Right. Right. And that feels Correct. so much better to me than saying R-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Something breaks in my right brain when I think R-I-G-H-T. I'm like. <sighs> Wait, so Sherry, how do you spell government? How do I spell government? G-O-V-E-R-N-M-I-N-T. Government. Mm-hmm. This is what, you, what we say. We don't say government. We say it's government. And the mint is refreshing. And so we're so tired of this government. But a government would be quite nice. Yeah. You know, fresh and minty. And you can do that with environment and employment and amendment. For all those people who want new jobs. And you can follow commandments. <laughs> I mean, those words are stuffed with men. They really are. And we need to refresh. <laughs> nice. Thanks. <laughs> and that's the same with daughter. Oh, that word. D-A-U. Let's throw in a U. G-H-T-E-R. Daughter. So complicated for a child to write. <laughs> Son, no problem. Yeah. Not only is it fabulous and easy, it's about the sun shining. Even though it's S-O-N, which is wrong, it's, we, when we hear it, we go, son, the sun. That connects to our powerful boy child. Daughter doesn't. So an easy respelling of that would be D-W-A-T-E-R, daughter. Water. Sun and water. I like that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That, I feel that. You feel that? Mm-hmm. It's a feeling that makes my daughter like fluid and, and watery like the feminine is. And the sun changes to you and you have sun and water. And that's, to me, who those children are. They're the elemental, you know, the, the essential life. Mm-hmm. So that's the... My, my objective here 
is to wake us up to what we're talking about and use that power to create anew. The first spell ever cast or spoken was abracadabra. That's Aramaic. It means I create as I speak. And when the writers of the day, you know, back in Sumeria, they knew that the power of creation lay in the word, in the writing, in the pictures, like, ah, you know, the cave paintings, of course, mm. that's a big, you know, example. Did I mention that this book, Chictionary, is fabulous. Where can people get it? You can get it at the Gallery Bookshop in Mendocino or online at barnesandnoble.com. Okay. Not Amazon. No, because they you. stole that word. Yeah. We cannot... Amazons were the amazing race of feminine, of women who were in Greece, and uh, they were mighty, and they were fearsome. Like, they were, uh, they did, they had a lot of, Hippolyta, that was her name. Mm -hmm. She was part of the Amazons. And Hercules was trying to steal her special girdle, her warrior's girdle, and... That was uh, still controversial. We don't know how he got it. You know, if she gave it to him or he freaking killed her and took it, which is probably what happened. But Amazon, and not only is that who the Amazons are and were, but the river, the Amazon River is also spectacular and has so much power and meaning for all the people. And it's not a place of consumption. It's not where you buy stuff. We'd considered Amazon, but I couldn't. I couldn't. Reconcile. Yeah. Using that. And Barnes and Noble is, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And they're a good company. And they have brick and mortar. They have stores, real things. And that's important to the right brain, to the mm -hmm. feminine. The concrete, the facts, you know, what's real, what we can see, what we can taste, what we can touch. And I like bookstores. So I have another question about your, your upcoming performance. A few questions. I take it it is a one-woman show? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my thing. That's a good thing. It's been good to me. Are you, is it all scripted? Or are you doing improv on stage? Yeah, you know. I did Family Secrets like seven years before I got to Broadway. And it took me a long time to get it in the shape. I just wrote this, mm -hmm. you know. So it's in progress. But I have the basics. I have the basic basic history, which is how I'm explaining this back to, you know, how we, like I've been explaining here, how we even began to speak language. And then I have particular words that I'm going to extract the dick out of and change. And I have a whiteboard like Katie Porter <laughs> and I, I write the words and then I go, huh, and you have this and you change that. And I go, there it is. And I pick on people in the audience to use it in a sentence it's really like a class. Oh, it's going to be Someone class. actually said after my last show, I did it on the 22nd, I said, you should teach this at the Redwood College. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I, I am the mad professor. Um, so, so it is written, it's, it's right brain. I know it all. And I have a structure. I have the form that I want to do it in and I have order. But the exact words, no. Nah. It's going to be so different from last week because I discovered in the performance, it was my first performance of it in the full, in its entirety. And I was like, 
oh, I got it. I, I got all these insights to it because I don't have a director right now. But meanwhile, I'm having a great time. And Mendocino loves me. You know, everyone is just so kind to me and appreciative and easy, you know. And they need to laugh. Everyone is... Oh, God, yes. Sad and scared and angry, and I am too. And uh, the way that I communicate this is is funny. It's my face. And because of my very unique perspective on how things work. Mm -hmm. You know, when you mentioned Oh My Goddess, like the idea that there was a, a mother in the beginning, you know, God's wife, Hasn't been, no one has mentioned that before me, (laughs) which makes me mad. Or my taking the high road, I also did that, you know, my experience as a pot wife, so I'm always something's wife, and bringing the plant to the people, you know, to the elders and to Miguel, who was in that show too, who was running for president. Of course, cannabis was huge on his platform. And Miguel is your alter ego in Oh My Goddess. Yeah, he was the vessel. Yeah. For the channeling of, of the goddess. And then I did, oh, my most radical show of all time, The Adventures of Super Activist Mother. Only a few people have seen it. I did not see that. You did not see that. No. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I really want to overboard. You know, in my quest to save the world and the people through the feminine, I, I have, you know, really bared my soul, so to speak. And so my premise in that was trying to find out, this was the 80s, you know, so George Bush and, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't the 80s. No. It already, the towers had fall, fallen. So it was after 2001. Oh, yeah. So Bush was president. And yeah, that's when I came up with it because I was trying to figure out who was pulling the strings, who was behind this madness. Wolfowitz or Ashcroft, all those evil nails, you know, they were so creepy and... And so uh, this character, Sam Slam, super activist, lesbian mother, she was trying to raise kids and get to the dentist and, 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 you know, clean the house and save the world. So I had a cape and I had some fabulous shoes and, you know, and I had all these, I had this, one, uh, this black unitard and all these buttons, like thousand buttons on my unitard. And um, my stage designer at the time had put a brick wall and it had all the, my posters and I was in the street, you know, my bullhorn and all these, uh, my soapbox and great props. And, and I'm just juicing. I'm trying to figure out who is it, who is it? And I realized in the end that the one pulling the strings was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah! Because of, you know, terminal judgment and end of days and all of that the rise of the machines. And I realized that it's the machines that's the problem that's going to kill us in the end. And I'm like, that's it. That's it. I'm nothing. What do I have that's stronger than a machine? I have nothing. And I, I noticed my bosom. Could it be? And I'm like, no, I could never take these out in public, you know, because they're so huge. And I'm like, but it's an emergency and I have to do something, you know, this is an emergency. And so... To the tune of Stairway to Heaven, I unveil the bosom. I swear people were just like, they were so blown away. And then I even went further and I said, this is the, this is the answer. You know, the nurturing, the nursing. These are the Twin Towers. 
And oh I, my god! I did. This I is did, beautiful. Chad. I did. Oh. I hoisted him up, and I and I hid behind him, like, and I was like, oh, "Can't you chill? Can I take your call?" Oh my god! Is that a plane? Is that a plane heading for the? And then ah! And then one breast. I let go oh. all the way down, and then second tower, boom. We oh. both fell, and then I fall to the floor, and I weep, and I say, "Our, our, our cries are not. Our weeping is not a cry for war." Wow. Yeah. Uh huh. I did that. I did that at the Matheson. I did that. I did. I did it at the MTC. I did it in Washington D.C. You did. I did Whoa. for Code Pink, and they're like, "Oh, that's that's too much." Oh no. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that didn't have a long life, but I, I, cause I had done press not bombs in public. I mean, so I thought, oh, I should, I should do it in theater. It should be, it's, I should get my self and get it, you know, on a stage with this. Cause it's too much. It was too much. And it, but I, it doesn't mean that I don't believe it more than anything that it's true. That if, would you rather see breasts coming down the street or tanks? And we did that. Uh, we did a music video with uh, Laurie York and Human called "The Right to Bear Breasts." You can see that mm-hmm. on uh, Vimeo. It's a great, great uh, music video. And Human did the music, and we're all in Mendo doing breast knot bombs, and there's monkey and garnish and Antonio Lamb and, uh, and um, Janie Reisner, and everyone's topless, and it's a beautiful song. Naked and if you want to check this great video out, go to YouTube and search for Naked the Right to Bear Breasts, and that is B A R E, not B E A R, as you probably knew. You are listening to Pride Nation 101 with your hosts Chad Swimmer and Roland Corey Medina. We are speaking with comedian, actress, playwright, and author Sherry Glazer. But I was going to mention this, and I had a question about this, because this I remember hearing about these demonstrations, and I was walking down the street one day, and you were all in front of the bank, which yeah. is the, in the Masonic Lodge in Mendo, yep. which we all should know and should think about for a minute. Yeah. And there were tourists everywhere, and they were completely dumbfounded. Yeah. They had never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. And so this Breast Not Bombs was an amazing idea, protest piece of guerrilla theater. Yeah. Um, can you tell us more about it? Well, uh, that started in uh, Friendship Park on 4th of July, back in 2005. And that day I was in the crowd and I was reading the Declaration of Independence through my bullhorn and I was told by security to shut up. <laughs> so I was already like, mm, wait a second. And then, you know, we had the parade as we did in the day. You know, and then we went to Friendship Park for the celebration and it was hot. And so a lot of the men had their shirts off. And my friend, Samantha, she took off her shirt and she, security came over and said, you got to put your shirt on. And she's like, she has nothing. She has a little, she's like, the got flatsy. No big deal. There were men who had bigger breasts out there. Definitely heavier men. Yeah, probably. And so they're like, Sherry, Sherry. Samantha's getting in trouble because she has her shirt off. And I'm like, rah. So, <laughs> so I go over to talk to the police. The, who's the, who's the sheriff, maybe? It was deputies. I had my little recorder, of course, in the face. I'm like, why, why are you doing this? And he's like, it's indecent exposure. 
I said, is it against the law? He goes, it's, it, it has to be genitals. I said, breasts are not genitals. He goes, doesn't matter. You know, you can't be doing that and park your children around. I'm like, yeah, children who have breast milk. And he was very mad and he kept, he threatened to detain me, take me to jail. So my daughter heard this and she got on stage. She said, Sherry Glazer's being detained. She needs a lawyer. And I had three lawyers come up, Steve Antler being one of them. And he talked to the, the guy. He said, let's calm down. Let Sherry go. We'll come in tomorrow. We'll decide if this is indecent or not. By chance, was that Deputy Bushnell? Oh, it was the guy. It was the deputy. with. He was missing a vowel. I can't remember what its name was, but I always thought he's missing a vowel. And his name, I can't remember what it was. I don't think he's around anymore. It yeah. wasn't Bush. Well, Bushnell uh, handled me indecently. Oh, did he? Yes, as a part of a search when I was doing needle exchange in Noyo Harbor about the time of that. He molested so A little you. before that. So, well, he didn't molest me, but he, he made a show to the other deputies of grabbing my crotch and shaking it around. Yeah, that's molestation. Yeah. Yeah. They're pigs, aptly named. So we went the next day, and we looked up the code of genitals and indecent exposure, and breasts are not genitals, and so we were free. And so I thought, hmm, now let's continue. Let's bring it out, you know, every time we're offended, you know, by something that's truly indecent, you know, like war and rape and the Pentagon's budget. And I just we just had a whole racism, and, and you know, we're just like... This is decent and this is indecent. And we were, again, back to my reclaiming of what words mean. What are we talking about? And so we went to, uh, uh, it was Black Friday in Union Square. That was our next big action. And my daughter Lucy came in, her friend Jada, and they brought their American Girl dolls and they were topless and they had little signs too. And, the, and my 10-year-old was topless, and oh, I was no. topless, and a few other people. Somebody was naked, too, because of San Francisco. And that got the attention of Michael Medved. You know, remember him? He was on right Fundamental Wing Radio. Yes. And he was accusing me of putting my daughters out for to be trafficked, sex, sexually trafficked, you know. I was inciting that kind of... Predator. He had me on the radio. And I was so happy to have this conversation, you know. And I said, if you're so worried about my daughter being preyed upon, you can talk to your brothers and your uncles and your grandpa and your sons and your nephews and tell them to keep your hands off. And they went to commercial after that. I was like, you're off now. But I I felt like there's, there's a chance here when you're having a conversation. And then we took it to D.C. And we, and we went to George Bush's White House because uh, of the Iraq. And a lot of people joined us on that. Yes. And it's legal to be topless in, in D.C. So we really face arrest. But the snipers on top of the White House, they loved it. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're just pointing a scope at us, but not to kill us. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and then the final act was Schwarzenegger's election or erection, as we called it. And we went to Sacramento, and, and we tried to, um, I got a permit, you know, and it was the day before Erection Day, and I was given a permit for breast on bombs, and they realized, after they gave me the permit, that 
there could be a problem as far as breasts showing them. And they were trying to get my, my permit back. And we were like, no, no. So we went to get an injunction against the CHP because they said, well, you will be arrested. So we went to Sacramento and tried to get an injunction against the CHP. And we had a African-American judge, Republican judge, and he was disgusted at the idea that we would do this. And oh he's God. like, what does the breast express? And we're like, milk. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not think that was funny or anything. And he would not give the restraining order. And so we were subject to arrest. So we were like, are, we gonna, are they going to do it? We were being called by CNN and Fox News and Univision and USA Today and LA Times. Are you going to do it? Are you going to take off your shirt? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll see. Well, that's like. And when I got there uh, with a couple of other members of Breast Not Bombs, um, we had musicians and artists for peace, and they were topless, but they had pasties because the law is about the areola. You can't show that, but you can have your titty salad as long as you cover it. And I would need a, a small salad plate for mine, so. <laughs> We had them, we had the press, we had uh, Gloria, Romero, Gloria Romero, state senator. She was there telling CHP, don't arrest them. We thought a senator is telling them this, they're not going to. And we had a musician, Diane Patterson, and she was going to be singing ceremonial songs. So that was religious too. That was also part of the freedom. And as I'm standing there talking about how indecent this election is, and it had to do with privacy for teens and nurses. It had all to do with women's rights, particularly. And I was saying, you know, this is the time that Hopis say we have to be foolish. We have to do whatever we can. And this is what I'm doing. And then I took off my shirt and I remember being descended upon by the, 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 the cops, the CHP, and they pulled my hands behind my back and it was just made my breasts go bigger. <laughs> They're like... Right. What do we do with that? Touch me because it's sexual assault. So they threw me in a garbage bag. It was cut open. I just put it over my head. Threw me in jail for the night. <laughs> Sounds like fun. It, well, the women in the in the holding tank, they're like, "What are you doing in here, you white women?" And we're like, "We just did this." They're like, "You did what?" And they were so really excited. They were inspired because they had just. Parole, they've been swept up in probation violation. And we came out in the dawn, like 5 a.m., and we drove back to Mendo and we voted. And then we sued him. <laughs> Good work. For violating our rights as free speech, and we won. Really? And we made law. Uh, whose court? It was, I don't remember whose court it was. It was state court. It was, I don't remember. My, our attorneys handled that. Matt Cuman, he loved it. Oh my gosh, it was his favorite case of all time. And we made law that it's legal for women to demonstrate topless in California. Political, it's political speech. So they violated our First Amendment. And the First Amendment of California is stronger than even federal. So they had to pay. Woo! High five. That is amazing, Sherry. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that sounds really And cash cool. prizes. <laughs> Because that's because that's how they say they're sorry. Oh, and so now it's in the handbook. It says you you can't arrest women for that. So I'm hoping that it revives somehow. Yeah. 
So I've, I've always, I just, I just about her. I've always been that way. And I think it might have to do with my mom because she was crazy and she uh, was under the illusion that she was Mary, the Virgin, Mother of Christ. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. So my brother was Jesus and he does look a lot like Jesus. But mm. I was like, why does he get to be Jesus? Because he's a boy. Um, but as she got better and healed and did her past life regressions and all of her automatic writing and all the things she did to uncover why she thought she was Mary, she surmised in the end that she was the blood of Mary, that way, 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 way back, the name of her family that she came from was Sinai, which is that region. And so she believed that she was descendant of Mary. And so I think mother of God, that's who. And that whole story, I mean, who buys this? Everyone, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, God impregnated her. Mm-hmm, that's what happened. Yeah, honey, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I woke up and I think God came and had sex with me last night. I'm pretty sure it was God. I mean, and Joseph was, must have been like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was God. You know, and she had, you know, was it Muhammad, probably, somebody in the Middle East over there, beautiful, swarthy, dark man. Like, you I, know, who I swear it wasn't that cute guy down the street. Selling bagels, whatever. Yeah, out of wedlock. It's a lie. It's the big lie. Yeah. And so I think that's where it all started for me way nice. back then. So I want to switch gears a little bit. You... <laughs> Identify as queer. Yeah. Why do you like that term? This is different. Isn't it queer? Isn't it strange? I'm strange and different, and I don't like to be categorized as something. And I've always loved people. You know, even when I was a kid, I played doctor with both sexes. I just wanted to, I was curious. And, and that doesn't fit in to, you know, Heteronormalcy, I guess they call hetero. What do they call it? Heteronormity. That's it. That's such a it's such a dry, sterile word. Um, I like the boogie. You know, I just want to connect. And I, I had, I was married to my husband for ten years. I was married to my wife for ten years, and in between, I, you know, just open to love. I just, I, I just wish that it was more open than, than what it is. It's so narrow-minded in, in all the ways. You've got to be this or that or trans or, or, or straight or, or bi or, you know, it, it's just so many labels. And I think it's evolution. I think we forget that we're, we're still evolving, you know? Like I said, it takes took two million years to get speech, and now we're into this, this the gender evolution. You know the changes going on, and it may have something to do with the population situation. You know, and I have a lot of faith in individuals' evolution, whatever they're turning, however they're changing. I think we, if we were more curious. And suspicious. Like, why are you doing Why are you like that? Or why, why are you like that? See, that's what's so nice about an interview. 
it's curious. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're not saying, well, why did you do that? You're like, tell me, I want to hear about that. And that is like peace to me. It's like, and curiosity is dying. I mean, I mean, even in the word mean, what do you mean? It's mean. What are you saying? Explain that to me. I want to understand. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, the right brain. We don't, we don't connect when we're saying, I mean, I mean. They're saying, I mean, I'm a mean person. I, we don't get it. And it tends to create these little tiny, you know, kind of prisons where we're locked up in identity and suspicion and punishing and it's all patriarchy. And so I'm just queer. I'm just uh, not just on a, on a sexuality level. I'm, I'm every, I'm completely queer. Like I'm the most strange, unique person I know. Fist bump for that. <laughs> nice, Sherry. I have a great story. It's very painful and funny. As my um, original comedy troupe, improv comedy troupe used to say, they were the hot flashes. He said, out of great pain comes great comedy. And it's true. Yeah. In the worst tragedies, there's very awkward humor. But I'm going to lean on that. Mm-hmm. And laugh. Until oh. I cry. And back around again. Out of great, great pain comes great art. Great yeah. music. Great comedy. Yeah. Great that's, people. That's the job of pain. Is yeah. to make us create. Well, Sherry Glazer, thank you so much. Chad. It's been lovely. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to this again. Sweet. Thanks for doing it. You're welcome. That was the Pink Panther theme for Breast Cancer Awareness, performed by Tommy Emmanuel, playing guitar and backing himself on percussion at the same time. I want to mention Sherry Glazer's website again. That is S-H-E-R-R-Y-G-L-A-S-E-R dot N-E-T. Check it out.